Thank you, George and Ruth Adams. Yes, I've always deeply appreciated their music ministry across many years. Well, it is our joy and our privilege today to have Reverend Dr. Tina Pitamber bring the message. Pastor Tina is the minister of our Richmond Hill Solid Rock Church of the Nazarene. She grew up here since um, she was a young teen here at Rosewood Church, and she's been pastoring the congregation up there for many years now. She is a great blessing. We, we've had her speak other times. And I just want all of you to know that she wrote a wonderful book called God, Is That You? God, Is That You? Hearing from God. And I asked her specifically if she would please bring copies today so that those of you who have not had a chance to buy one as yet can buy one from her after the service in the foyer. They are $19. And those of you who are watching online in the Toronto area, you can drop by the church today between 3 to 5 p.m. And Pastor Lisa and I will be here and we can, we can get one of these books to you. All right? and you'll be blessed by the contents and by the wonderful spirit and heart of Reverend Dr. Tina Pitamber. So would you just in a moment welcome her, and I just want to say that whoever, whichever young man is going to end up marrying this young lady is going to be very fortunate and very blessed. So whoever that guy is going to be that is eventually going to put a ring on her finger will be so thrilled. I've known her, like I said, since she was a young teen. And uh, my, I've said to other people, I said, you know, I wish I had another son. Someone said, why, Pastor Nick? Because then that son could have potentially married Pastor Tina and we'd have her as a part of the Stavropoulos family. But my one son is already married, so maybe your son. Your son in, in, his, if he's in his late, what, late, what, in his 30s, 30s or early 40s, I think he qualifies. But he's got to be a Christian, of course. All right. You didn't know that Pastor Nick was on the side, a matchmaker, did you? And by the way, your shirt, I think, is pink, not red, correct? <laughs> Am I correct about that? Is it, is it pink? <laughs> I think it's more pink than it is red. Oh, okay. Well, someone told me to get a pink shirt. I, I, I thought I found a red one. At least I'm, fu nice. I'm fulfilling their wish. <laughs> it's a very nice shirt, yes. All well, right. Greetings to each one of you. Thank you for being here this morning. Always a privilege to be in the house of the Lord. And you gave me a good reason to wear my blue shoes today, right? <laughs> they look good. I like my blue shoes. So thank you for giving me this opportunity to be with you today and to share the message and the word of God. And this morning, the title of the message is, You Will Get Through This. This is the title of the message today, You Will Get Through This. And we're going to be looking at James chapter 5 as our reading this morning. Right now, as we think about things that are happening in the world, we know that it is a very trying and very difficult and uncertain time. There are what we call global issues happening that we're dealing with, and there are also personal issues that we are all walking through as well. Global issues like the pandemic, the economy, justice issues, famine, earthquakes, hurricanes, 
and on and on the list go. There's so much more I could list here, but there are many things that are happening right now. But also we are dealing with personal issues, things in our family, things in our home, things in our community. Some of you are dealing with job situations, your marriage, kids, your health, family problems, conflict, money, school, etc. And we know it's a hard time. It's a trying time. It's an uncertain time. And we're not sure what's going to happen. In, when we're going through situations like this, how do we move forward? What should we do? What are some practical things that we can do to help ourselves in conjunction with the Lord? And we might be asking the question is, you know, what is in control or, or is God in control? Is God in control? And uh, today, James is going give to us, give us some simple but good wisdom as to how we can navigate through our challenges and pro problems in this time. So if you have your Bible, we're going to look at James chapter 5, just simply looking at verses 7 to 11. I'm going to read God's word, and then we will pray together. This is what the word of the Lord says. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sister, or you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, this is your word, and we are so thankful for your word because we need your word every day, every moment to get through what we're going through, oh God. Lord, we thank you that the Bible is our spiritual food. We thank you that you are here to challenge us. We thank you that you are going to encourage us today. Lord, I pray in these moments that you would speak through me, and may the words that come out of my mouth be pleasing to you. Thank you for your people. Thank you for those who are watching online. Thank you for the families represented, to, oh God. We pray that you will bless, encourage, and help in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to say thank you to Mr. Admins. That's one of my favorite to hymns that you sang. And I want to say today that truly God is faithful. Amen. His faithfulness is good and remains strong. So in this passage, we are reading the, the letter of James. James was a follower of God, and he wrote this letter to the Christian church. And James is actually one of my favorite letters to read because there's some good practical advice for us as Christian and wisdom that we can follow. And he talks about a lot of different topics in this one passage. We're in James 5, but if you go from James 1, he talks about how we need to persevere in our challenges because God is making us mature and complete. He tells us to watch the way we use our mouth. The Bible says we can use our mouth in a good way and in a bad way. And so God says we should use it in a good way. And the word of God says, listen to God's word and do God's word. You know, nothing like if you're just listening to God's word and then you don't do God's word, you're not going to be able to get the benefits of doing God's word. The word also says in James that we should not show favoritism. We should treat everybody with love and respect. Amen? We should treat everyone with love and respect, not discriminate, but look at each person as a child of God. And the word of God says to have faith. When we have faith, 
We are to substantiate our faith with the works that we do, which is showing love to people, being kind to them, uh, donating money or food. And he continues on in James chapter 4 to talk about wisdom. Are we following God's wisdom or are we following the Lord's wisdom? Fast forward to James chapter 5, which is what we just read. Before the passage I just read, he talks about people who are rich and how people who are rich or wealthy don't take advantage of those who are poor. And so in this section that we just read, James says there's a call to be um, patient despite the trying circumstances that you and I are going through. And I really feel this is an appropriate topic to talk about right now because we're all going through trying and uncertain situations. And here's what he says in verse 7. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. Now, what does this word patient mean? Uh, this word is mentioned four times in this passage. It also matches the word perseverance. And the word perseverance and patience in this context actually is very similar. And so when James says, be patient, brothers and sisters, it's the idea of waiting with calm and expectancy. It's the idea of waiting with calm and expectancy. And as you and I walk with the Lord, and as we are journeying with God, and as we are in 2021, September 2021, we are here right now in this moment. Number one today, as you think about God's word, is be calm as you go through trials in your life. Be calm. Because the word here is patience, and this means to be calm with expectancy. And he says we should be calm because there's a context around what James is saying. James says, be calm or be patient because, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. Until the Lord's coming. And so what does that mean? Well, we believe in Jesus Christ. We believe that he's the son of God. We believe that he died for our sins. We believe we are forgiven. And we believe that one day Jesus will return. Amen? And we believe that we are to live our lives in that time. Nobody knows the hour. Nobody knows the day. Nobody knows the year. Only God knows. And so James says to us, be calm, be patient, be waiting with expectancy, anticipation until Jesus returns. And so as we do that, we have to look at Matthew 24 because we know in Matthew 24, it talks about as we wait before God comes, there are signs. There are what we call birth pains. There are signs that are indicating that we are getting closer to Jesus' return. Again, we don't know the day. We don't know the hour. We don't know the year. But we know we are getting closer. Just like a woman who's in labor knows that the baby is coming because she's getting birth pains, so do we as Christians know that Jesus is coming sooner than later because of the signs and the birth pains. Matthew 24 tells us what are the signs. The signs are, for many will come in my name. This is Jesus talking. I am the Messiah and will deceive many. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, earthquakes in various places, all of these are the beginning of birth pains, of birth pains. So the signs are, 
false messiahs, wars, conflict, famine, earthquakes. And we can see right now those birth signs and birth pains are showing. Our world is going through trauma, famines, earthquakes, disease, wars, conflicts. These are signs. These are signs. These are birth pains. Again, we don't know the time or when Jesus is going to return, but we are getting closer to that time. We are getting closer. And so until then, James says, be patient until the Lord returns. And patience means to be calm with expectancy. And he uses an analogy to help us, to help us understand. Sometimes we don't understand God's word, so the God and um, Jesus would use analogies and stories to help us to understand even more so what the word of God is saying. And he says, James says, the Bible says, see how the farmer waits for the land to bring crop? And see how the farmer waits for autumn and spring rain? Now, in the Mediterranean culture back then, they needed uh, rain, and it rained two times. Two seasons of rain needed for the crops to grow. So the farmer needs to be patient and needs to see rain to come so that the harvest will come. And sometimes, as you know, like this summer, sometimes it rains, sometimes it doesn't. I remember many times uh, we would see on my, I would see on my phone, it would say rain, and then there would be no rain coming. And I know my mom, she likes to garden, and she'd be like, it's never raining, it's not coming. And so obviously we know that some of you who are garden lovers, that's a challenge because you want your flowers to grow, you want your grass to be green, and you want your garden to produce fruit. But again, like with the farmer, the farmer doesn't always know, is it going to rain, is it not? The farmer is at the mercy of God. The farmer is at the mercy of God. And the farmer is banking that rain will come and waiting for the crop to produce. But he or she must still do work even if the rain doesn't come. He or she must still do work even if they can't see the crop producing. Because the harvest is coming at a time, at a place, at a particular moment in time. And so the same way the farmer has to be patient, has to wait, has to still do work, even though he or she does not know if rain is coming or if uh, the fruit is going to produce, we too must be patient as we walk with the Lord during our hardships as we wait on God's return. Amen. Amen. He says, the Bible says, the patient, the Bible says, this, it says that we should be patient and it says, stand firm, stand firm. And so, will God return during our time? I don't know. I don't have the answer. The Bible says nobody knows the time. Nobody knows the hour. But the point is, is to be patient, even though it's hard and there are difficulties. Be patient. Keep going with the matters pertaining to life, even though it has been hard. And so, I want you to think about this question. Have you been patient? Have you been calm with the Lord? as you've been going through a situation right now? Or have you been living in fear? Or have you been living in anxiety? You know, are you one of those people that you hear the news or you hear the radio or you're on the, your phone and you're reading articles on the internet and as soon as you hear the bad news, you immediately go to worry. You immediately go into panic mode and you are thinking about the situation over and over in your mind. Have you been living in the what ifs? What if this happened? What if this doesn't happen? 
You know, what if COVID never leaves? What if the economy never recovers? What if I never get to hug my brother or sister or family member again? What if I lose my home? And uh, have you been pondering those situations? Have you been meditating on those things? And have you been not well because you've been wandering and you've been feeling uncertain about the future and your situation right now? In fact, some of us might be feeling very unwell or very sick right now because we're not sleeping at night. Maybe you feel discouraged. Maybe you feel depressed. Now, I want you to know these emotions that you're feeling, fear, anxiety, despair, depression, these are real emotions. That's why Jesus oftentimes, and the Bible oftentimes, it would say, fear not. It says, do not worry. Do not be dis uh, anxious. So I'm not discounting how you might be feeling. But what James is trying to say here is take a different stance, take a different reaction to how you are looking at your problem and your situation. He is saying, be calm, be patient, and live in anticipation that Jesus is going to return. That should excite you and I. I know some of you are thinking, no, I'm not ready to die. I want to stay on this earth forever, and I'm not ready to go yet. But you know what? We don't have control over our lives. God has control. He's in control. He is sovereign. He knows what he's doing. So he knows the hour. He knows the moment. He knows the number of hairs on our head. And he knows how many days we're going to live. We don't have control. So why are we pretending like we are in control? Or we have control? I hope in this last 18 months you have realized we are not in control. We are not. God is in control. So James says, live in anticipation that Jesus is going to return. That's why in Philippians 4, 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything. If you have, that, if you have your Bibles open and you're at Philippians 4, it says anything. Don't be anxious about coronavirus. Don't be anxious about death. Don't be anxious about your job. Whatever that anything is, don't be anxious. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's a powerful verse. The peace of God. Not our peace. Not the world's peace. The peace of God. Amen? So it says, does it say, does it say, does James say in verse 7, be anxious? No. Does it say live in fear? No. Does it say be discouraged? No. It says be patient, stand firm. Amen? That's an encouragement to all of us today. So, you know, while you're going through what you're going through, Jesus says, God's word says, be patient. Don't waste your time and energy on worrying about things or being anxious and you know what? I remember reading this once uh, somewhere, and it's actually true. It says 80% or 90% of the things you worry about actually never happen. Just let that sink in. Like, I remember hearing that one time, and it really, really encouraged me. And that is true. 80 to 90% of what you worry about actually doesn't happen in life. Instead, live your life as if it is your last day, because we don't know when Jesus is going to return. Get your priorities straight spiritually, and be calm. Be calm. So here's how that looks like in our day-to-day -day life. Um, maybe you lost your job during this pandemic, 
but you're trusting God to give you a new job. And in the meantime, you're sharpening up your skills. You're getting more certification for, or education in your field. And in the meantime, you sharpened up your resume and you're still going around and you're giving out your resume because you're trusting God that he will provide. Amen? Um, maybe one of your friends during this time unfortunately died of COVID, but you are still trusting God. You're trusting that because that person gave their heart to Jesus, you will see them again one day. And you are trusting in this time. You're reading your Bible. You are still part of the community of God. And you're praying every day. And the Holy Spirit is comforting you. During this time, although the sickness that is happening around the world is real, you're doing your best to keep protected. You're following the health advice and the health officials. During this time, we haven't been able to see our family friends the same way, but you're still texting people, phone calling people, emailing them, doing video chats, doing all sorts of things, sending food at their door because you want to show love and you want to show care. And uh, during this time, maybe you know a family that needs money or food and clothes and you've been donating and giving to them. This is what it means to be patient and to be calm and to living in, expect in, in, in anticipation of Jesus' return. During this time, some of you have been maybe feeling scared about your kids growing up in this generation of evil and uncertainty, but you're taking the stance, as the Bible is saying, but I'm trusting God to take care of my kids. I'm trusting God to take care of my grandkids because these children were a gift from God and belong to the Lord. Amen. And during this time, yes, church has been different, but you and I are still taking the stance, I'm still giving to God. I'm still serving the Lord. I'm still reading my Bible. I'm still praying. I'm still part of the family of God because I believe in Jesus Christ and one day he's going to return. I am still present. I am still a Christian. And I'm still talking to people about Jesus. Amen? And so as you and I go through the hardships, we are going to be calm. That's what the Bible says. We are going to be patient. We don't know when this trial is going to end, and we don't know how it's going to end. But we know somebody who does know when and how it's going to end, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. So let's keep our cool. Let's be calm. Because you are going to get through this. Tell yourself that. I am going to get through this. It's been 18 months. You are going to get through this. And sometimes we just have to hear that one simple statement and be encouraged. Um, in, in 1735, a ship was making its way from New World from England to America. And on that boat was an Anglican minister named John Wesley. And John Wesley is a big part of the Church of the Nazarene in terms of our holiness doctrine. And he was on this boat coming to America, to Georgia. But as they were on the boat, the weather got really dangerous. Have you ever been on a plane and the turbulence level just went right up? And how many of you start to, like, panic? <laughs> like, I know I've panicked when I'm on the, on the plane when it, the turbulence level is really bad. So the boat got really dangerous as they were trying to get to uh, America. And um, Wesley, who was a pastor at the time, he got really scared. He got fearful. But he noticed that there was a group of German Mor Moravians who were on their way there, and their mission was to go also as missionaries to preach God's word to the people in America. And they were not afraid. In fact, throughout the storm, 
They sang calmly. <laughs> they sang songs. Kind of reminds me of Paul and Silas that they were in uh, jail. And what were they doing? Singing to the Lord, praising God. And so he's watching them sing, and he was completely confused because here he was very scared. Then he went up to the leader, and he said to, to the leader, why are you guys all so calm? Why are you all so, like, you know, so sure of yourself? And the leader said to him, Wesley, do you have faith in Christ? Wesley said, yes, I do. But he later reflected and said, I fear that they were vain words. He was so confused about the situation, but it also perplexed him and piqued his interest to realize, why were they so sure of themselves? And I was not. I was not. And later on, he realized they had a confidence and insurance in Christ. And so why were these people not afraid? Because they know where they're going when they die. And they knew who, know who their Savior is, Jesus Christ. And they had no fear in leaving this earth because they know that this earth is not their home. Just like for us too. We can be assured and have that confidence that no matter what happens in life, even if we have to die, we know where we're going. Amen? Amen. So there was this calm even in the death. I know I, I pray that that would be my response too. I pray that that would be your response as well. That is what John Wesley had to sort out as he walked with the Lord and later did come to that conclusion that no matter what happens in my life, I am good because I have God. And so James continues on and says in verse 9 here, don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. So James, again, he's writing to this uh, church group. It's a, a group of people that are poor. They're being exploited by the wealthy people. The wealthy people are not being nice. But he says to them, don't complain. He says, don't complain to each other. And so what is complaining? Complaining is expressing dissatisfaction or being annoyed about something. And he says, you know what? Don't complain because the judge is standing at the door. And he's talking about Christ there. And number two, as you and I walk through our trials with God, don't complain about the trials you are going through right now. Don't complain. Now, I know what I just said was very difficult because the reality is in most of our lives, if not every day, we are complaining. We are complaining about the weather. We are complaining about our car. We are complaining, when is COVID going to be over? Some of you are married. Why doesn't my husband help me clean the house? Or why does my wife always nag me? Those of you who are married, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> or why doesn't my kids help me clean up after themselves? On and on, we can complain about different things every day, right? There's everything we can complain about. But during your hardships, James is, is encouraging us, don't complain. Don't complain. Have you been calling up your family and friends and complaining? Have you been saying to your family and friends and complaining about your marriage, your home, your health, your job, money, your kids, the church, the pandemic, the, the elections that are coming up? Or have you been complaining about how the government is not handling the situation properly? Have you been complaining? Do you know what? Christians are not called to have a spirit of complaint. Right. Nowhere in the Bible does it say complain. If you know that verse, come and tell me after. 
Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. You want to know why? Because nothing good comes from complaining. Nothing good. Just like nothing good comes from worrying. Worrying doesn't change our situation. Complaining doesn't change our situation. So we shouldn't be doing it. We should not complain because Christ, our judge, is coming. Rather, we should be spending time with the Lord, and we should be spending time giving God thanks and praising God and praying for our leaders and our country and the world. And 1 Thessalonians tells us what we should be doing. 5.16 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstance, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So the Bible says that we should give thanks in all circumstances. It doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances, but give thanks in all circumstances. And I don't know about you, but I've been reflecting the last 18 months, and what I have come to conclude that is if you can inhale and exhale without a ventilator, you are good. That's what I've realized. And some of you know you were praying for my uncle that was very sick on the, with the COVID situation. And uh, we didn't know if he was going to make it. And praise the Lord. God heard the prayers of the people. And he's alive today. He's gained back his weight. And he is home and recovering. So, so if you can inhale and exhale without a ventilator, you're good. So instead of us finding things to complain about, why not find things to say to, say to God, thank you? Amen. It's very simple. And tell God. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my health. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my friends. Thank you for this country. Thank you that we have peace. Thank you that we can go to school and get an education. Thank you for the fact that I can walk and I can see and I can speak. I have food on my table. You know, when God heard the complaints or the cries of his people in Exodus when they were in bondage to the uh, Egyptians, he sent them help. But when they, were, when they finally got out and they were freed and they were in the desert and life got hard, what did they do? They complained. <laughs> they said, well, back home when we were in slavery and in bondage, we had onions and leeks and meat. Who likes leeks anyways? Why would you even say that? <laughs> and so I find that funny that that's in the Bible. Um, they were complaining and God was not happy. He was not happy. That is because God wants us to have a very thankful and, and be content in our situations. And there's a song right now uh, by, uh, I think it's Elevation Work, Worship and Maverick. I think um, I might be saying that wrong, but it's, there's a song called Jaira, and there's a line in there that's really good. I will be content in every circumstance. I will be content. Do you have a heart of contentment? Or, or have you been complaining? Are you giving God thanks? You know what? God wants us to have a heart of thanksgiving, a heart of joy, a heart of anticipation and expectation. This past week on a Wednesday, I came to the church, and I have a mailbox on this level here at the welcome desk, and then the office is upstairs. And normally I come here and check my box, and then I go upstairs. But I was at the door, and I was like, no, I'm not going to check the box. There's probably nothing there. But then something told me, no, go, go to the box. So then I went to the box, and there was a nice envelope there, and a dear woman uh, wrote me a nice little letter of encouragement, and she put an offering in there for the church, Solid Rock Community Church of the Nazarene. And you know what? That really encouraged me. Amen. Because it made me give God thanks. and said, you know what? Despite the situation we are going through right now, 
there are good people that are still doing God's work and are still loving people and showing care. And I am thankful, and I am thankful. What about you? James says, don't grumble. In fact, Philippians 2.14 says the following, do everything without grumbling, some translations, without complaining. And get this, folks, it also says, without arguing. So if you're in an argument with somebody right now, you got to read that verse. It says, no grumbling, no arguing. And it says that, so you will become blameless and pro-children of God without fault in this crooked and defaulted generation. You will shine like a star in the universe as you hold on to the word of life. Amen? That's the word of God. So James says today, don't be worried. It says be calm. He says, don't complain. And then finally in verse 10, it says, Your brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So as you go through your trials and you're going through your problem and your challenge, the Bible says, take a look at the prophets and how they dealt with their situation. And uh, he didn't name the name here, but one prophet in particular, if you think about, there's lots of prophets, like Ezekiel's one, Isaiah's another one. But Jeremiah was a prophet that really had a hard ministry as he preached the word of God. And Jeremiah had a very hard time, but he endured, he persevered. In Jeremiah 20, he was put in stocks, he was thrown into prison, he was lowered into a dungeon, Yet, even though he had to go through all these hardships and all these problems, the Bible says he still did his ministry and persevered. And the Bible says, we call these people the prophets, and we call even the person of Job he mentions, we call them blessed. Now, why are these people blessed? Are they blessed because they had money? No. Are they blessed because they have a nice house? No. Are they blessed because they are, have a good job or, or they have... Um, of a spouse or kids. No, the Bible says these people persevere despite their suffering. They're blessed and called blessed because they were faithful to the end. They were faithful to the end. And this does not mean they enjoyed the suffering they went through. It does not mean they asked for the trial. But when the trial came, they were faithful to the end. And number three in your notes today, persevere through your trials. Persevere. The Bible says and talks about Job. And Job is a very good example of someone who persevered. And it says, you, you have heard of Job's perseverance. You know, Job persevered even though he lost his children. He lost his assets. He lost his health. He went through a very trying time. I want to ask you a question today. Have you been persevering? Have you been persevering? Have you been tired. I think all of us are tired. But are you pushing through? Or have you given up? You know, one point in the story of Job, his wife came up to him and said, curse God and die. And you know what Job said? We came into the world with nothing. We're going to leave this world with nothing. That's good wisdom. And he said, to, and he said, he said no, I'm not going to curse God. And you know what he did? He worshipped the Lord. 
Now, I don't know about you, but that's what I call amazing faith. That's what we call spiritual maturity. To worship God even though he was sick, to worship God even though he lost his kids and his assets, to worship the Lord. I pray that I would have that kind of faith too. I pray that we would have that kind of faith too, that we would be okay because we have God. Then the passage says also, it says here, and you have seen what the Lord finally brought about. This is James talking. He says, you know, you saw Job's perseverance. You've seen what the Lord brought about. Well, what does that mean? Well, he's talking about how God's will and purpose was accomplished through his suffering. Something good was coming out of his pain. And Charles Spurgeon, I don't know, uh, he's a British preacher, a very effective one. Some have called him the prince of preachers. Listen to what he says here, and it's very powerful. If a man were to attack me with a knife, I would resist him with all my strength and count it a tragedy if he succeeded. Yet if a surgeon comes to me with a knife, I welcome him, both, with, uh, both him and the knife. Let him cut me open even wider than the knife attacker because I know his purpose is good and necessary. And necessary. So we have to ask ourselves some questions as we go through trials and problems. Why am I going through what I'm going through? Why is God allowing me to suffer and go through pain? Here's some questions. Did I sin? Confess it. Is Satan attacking me? Stay strong. Is God making me go through this challenge to help someone else in the future? Trust the Lord. Am I being tested by God? Pass your test. Is God using the situation to make me more like Jesus then embrace what God is doing. After all that Job went through by being attacked by Satan and God allowing it, he gained more of an understanding of God. He had more of an understanding of God. He had more of a relationship with the Lord. In fact, Job was complaining to God, and then God finally said, you know what, you've been doing a lot of talking, now it's my turn to talk. And he said to, to Job, were you there when I made the stars? Were you there when I made the sun? Were you there when I made the mountains? And what, of course, Job had to say, no, I was not there. And then you know what Job said and realized? He said, you know what? I spoke of things I didn't understand and were too wonderful for me. And sometimes as we are going through trials and problems and challenges, I wonder if God is doing the same with us. He is challenging us to think more clearly that he is in control and he is God. Maybe, just maybe, you're going through what you're going through so that God can get you closer to him. So that you will know him better, to learn to trust him. How many of you, like, how many of you can ride a bike? Okay, that's good. Well, how many of you learned to ride a bike by falling over and over again? I know I did. And I have bruises and scars to prove that. You know, that's necessary in order to ride your bike, to fall down, to go through trials. What about some of you, I play the guitar, and when I first started to play the guitar, um, I started to, I didn't, I didn't want to do it anymore because I was telling my dad, like, like dad, that it really hurts. Like, the string is on my, my fingers. It, I have to, it was denting my fingers. It was bruising my fingers. But you know, that's necessary in order to produce good music. That is necessary. So the same in our walk with God. We don't like what we have to go through, but it is necessary if we want to know God in a more powerful way. Suffering is used by God to make Christians, make you and I complete, mature in the Lord. Do we like suffering? No. 
But is it necessary? Yes. James 1 says the following, Consider it pure joy, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And so you have to think about yourself. If it wasn't for COVID, if it wasn't for the death, if it wasn't for the loss of a job, if it wasn't for the conflict, would we know God more in a powerful way? Think about that. Because in our culture, we just want to always wash away suffering and we want to wash away pain. We want to have this painless life. But as I walk with God and I grow in my walk with the Lord, I realize more and more pain is necessary. Suffering is necessary if I want to be more like Jesus Christ. And so this is why the Bible says in the, the, the section here, you've heard Job's perseverance, you've seen what God brought about, the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Now some of you are scratching your head, how can God be merciful? How can God be loving if he let Job go, go through all those problems? Some of you are asking that question right now. God, what did I do to deserve this? Why am I going through my situation right now? Well, that's a good question. And I like how the commentary answered this. This is interesting. God was very compassionate and merciful to Job because he only allowed him to suffer for very good reason. God was compassionate and merciful to Job because he restricted what Satan could do against Job. Job, God was very merciful and compassionate to Job because he sustained him and with his unseen hand through his suffering. And God was very compassionate and merciful to Job because in the whole process, God used Satan himself. At the end of all of it, God accomplished something wonderful to make Job a better, a better and more blessed man. Remember that in the beginning of Job, it says he was upright and blameless. But after he went through his suffering, he was better in character, more humble, and was more blessed than before. And that's the whole goal of suffering. That is the whole goal of pain. For us to be better, to be more mature, to be stronger, to be resilient, and to be like Christ. You know, on the one hand, God is allowing the suffering. But on the other hand, God is showing mercy. And we need to start looking at our situations like that. Some of us have been just saying to God, you know what, you don't love us. Why are you allowing all these things to happen and, and so forth? And you know what, I don't like it either. I think it's really weird that we're going through all the different things we're going through right now. But I am still trusting in God. And so we need to start looking at our situations a little bit differently. Yes, I lo lost my loved one, but he or she put their gave their hearts to Jesus Christ, one day I will see him or her in heaven. And in the meantime, God is giving me help and sending help to bless me. You know, you maybe lost your job during the pandemic, but some of you, you picked up a new trade or a new skill. That's God's mercy. That's God's blessing. Yes, the pandemic has changed the way we do things. On the other hand, some of us are not leaving our house, so we're saving on gas. We're saving on uh, spending. And we're going deeper with the Lord because we have more time. And maybe you're going through a sick situ sick, uh, health situation right now, but God's still blessing you. He's giving you a good doctor. You know, we have one, so we have one of the best health care systems in the world. Amen. And uh, I want to say thank you to all the doctors and nurses and all the frontline workers. Thank you for what you're doing because you're risking your lives for, for people. And we say thank you to those of you who've been uh, working hard and, and uh, exhausted, and you're still there. 
That's God's blessing to us. And yes, we don't like the evil that's happening in this world, but we have to remember that God is in control, he is sovereign, and he is just, and he will work everything out the way he sees fit. Every bad and hard situation in life is and will be balanced by the mercy and compassion of God. And how do I know that? Because look at the way Job's life finished. Don't look at the if before and don't look at the in between. Look at how it finished. It says in the end, Job was blessed. It says he had more kids. He got to see the fourth generation of children. He ended up getting all his assets back. And the Bible says he lived to 140 years. The Bible says in Job, the Lord blessed the later part of his life more than the former. Amen? And this is a message for all of us. Life is hard. Life has not been fair. Life has been full of suffering and pain. But be patient. Don't grumble. Persevere in the Lord. Because your better days are ahead of you. Amen? Don't worry about how it started. Don't worry how it's going. Look forward to how it's going to end. Amen? Amen? And in the meantime, be the best Christian you can be. Keep praying for people. Keep loving. Keep serving. Keep talking about God. Keep giving. Keep studying his word. Keep being a good Christian for the Lord. You know, our ultimate example of all of this today is Jesus Christ himself. Jesus suffered when he was on earth. And he remained calm and he was patient. The Bible says in Philippians 2, he was obedient even until death. And he didn't complain. He didn't grumble. He just kept on going. He just kept on going. You know why? Because he had a purpose and he had a mission. And he persevered. And he persevered in the end. And, and you know what? He would hang on the cross and he was saying, you know, Father, why have you abandoned me? But on the one hand, it looked like God had forgotten about him and had, and, and had abandoned him. But on the other hand, God's mercy was being actioned out because there was a purpose and plan in Jesus dying for you and me. His blood, his body that was broken was for you, was for me. There was a purpose in the suffering. And so our ultimate example today of who, who's gone through this the best way Probably we can say Jesus Christ and many examples in the Bible like Job and the prophets. And so today I want to give, give attention to this. Maybe you're hearing this message today and you're saying, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get through this. And you know what, you are going to get through this. You are. You survived 18 months. You are going to get through this. And uh, our Lord and Savior, he actioned out his, uh, his uh, purpose on earth by suffering on the cross so that you and I could have salvation. So that you and I could have eternal life so that you and I could have forgiveness of sins. Maybe today you're hearing that message for the first time, and I don't want to brush it aside. If you are listening to this message and you are saying to yourself, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, and I want to be like those Christians on the boat, that even though they were going to die, they were assured of where they were going. We want to spend some time right now to pray over those matters. And so let us bow our head so that we can pray to God. Heavenly Father, I know you've heard this message, and I know that you've heard this word. This word is from you. I thank you for your people that are here. There are some people, like all of us, we are tired. We are tired of COVID. We are tired of pain. We are tired of suffering. Every time we check the news, there's another hurricane coming. There's another situation coming, God. We feel overwhelmed. 
We thank you that the word of God says to be patient, brothers and sisters, until the Lord returns. We know, God, you are going to return. And until then, we have to be ready. Maybe there's somebody here today who hasn't given their heart to Jesus. And they want to say today, Lord, I believe Jesus is God. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe that he rose on the third day. I confess my sin to you. Now I'm a child of God. And Lord, we pray for those of us who've made a commitment to God, but we have been tired. Lord, we heard this word. We are going to get through this. We will make it to the end. But until then, we are going to be the best Christian we can be for the Lord. We will pray. We will serve. We will give. We will fast. We will donate. We will help. Lord, thank you for the donations of your people right here that gave over $9,000 to Haiti. God, we say thank you. You are still working even in the suffering. So we feel blessed. And we are blessed because if we are faithful to the end, your word says we are blessed. So I pray that that blessing will fall on your people. For those who are not feeling well, God, we pray for a healing touch on their bodies. For those who are wondering about their finances, we pray, God, in the name of Jesus, you will provide every need and everything that is needed for the family. And Lord, for those who are having a troubled spirit over what's going on, they feel discouraged and they feel uncertain and they feel worried, we pray in the name of Jesus, remove that spirit of fear and spirit of anxiety and replace it with a spirit of joy and replace it with a spirit of peace, oh God. And Lord, for those who don't know if they're coming or going, oh God, we pray for you to bring the peace that passes all understanding. Help everyone to know that each person here is significant because you created us. We are important to you. And help each one to get up in the morning, to do what you've called them to do, to share the gospel, take care of their family, take care of their family and friends, check on each other. And Lord, help us to remember to stay in connection with you. The Bible says, abide in me and I will abide in you. Lord, if we have forgotten you in this time, we ask for you to forgive us of abandoning you. And we pray in these moments that we would spend more time with you because Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes to the Father except through you. Thank you for your blessing and thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name. stand as we sing this closing song. Let's go.
Thank you. What marvelous truth in that song. And what fantastic truth in the message that Reverend Dr. Tina Patamber has brought to us. Amen. Amen. She is the minister of the church that we started, Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, started back in 2008. So that's uh, about 13 years ago. And uh, 
When we started that church, we gave a few of our people to help start. One of those individuals was a, a dear lady named Oakley Wiggins. And if, if I'm seeing things correctly, I think Oakley is here. Oakley, is that you? Uh, come on up here for a moment, my dear. Yes, Oakley is a wonderful servant of the Lord. She was such a vital part of us here at Rosewood, and she's been such a great part of our Solid Rock Church of the Nazarene up in Richmond Hill. Come on up here. I'm going to ask you to just close in prayer. We have, I believe, we have viewers, viewers and radio listeners up in uh, the Richmond Hill area. And if, if you are a viewer or listener up there and you do not have a home church, I want to encourage you to phone, to phone us here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene so that we can put you in touch, put you in contact with Dr. Pitamber and her congregation. We want to encourage you to become a part of the Solid Rock Church if you do not already have a church family. All right? So you can call Rosewood here at 416-298-9932 and just ask how you can make contact with the Solid Rock Church of the Nazarene and with uh, Pastor Tina. All right? You'll be a part of a great church family there. And Oakley, want take your mask off so folks can see you. She still looks so young after these 13 years of being up uh, at the Richmond Hill Church. Oakley, we continue to love you. She's uh, continued to also be a wonderful part of the Rosewood family here. Amen. Thank you. Good. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, this morning we want to thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you for your love and your your constant, you know, present in our lives. We thank you for your son, Jesus, who came to die for us, that we can come in this house to worship you. Lord, we thank you for every person in this sanctuary this morning, those who are online listening. We, Lord, we ask your blessings, and we thank you for the message that was just preached by our pastor, Tina. Lord, we pray that as, um, you know, the message goes out, that hearts will be touched and lives will be saved, Lord, through this message this morning. And so, God, as we leave this place today, we pray you'll take us home safely. And, Lord, I pray, God, that as we listen, that we will take the words with us and we will meditate on, on the words, you know, that um, has been preached this morning and applied to our lives. And as um, I was listening, Pastor, they talked about the fact that we have a lot of time now. We can study God's word and we can apply those, uh, those truths to our lives and to our families. And I pray, Lord, this is this morning that you would help us, that we will continue to trust you and to serve you. And we ask all of these things this morning in the wonderful and the powerful name of Jesus with thanksgiving. Amen.